Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you want the truth and nothing but the truth, someone's got to set you straight. I told you money doesn't buy you class, but a diva has needs. See these? They didn't grow on trees. You got to make it on your own. I'm talking to you. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry. Y'all, it turns out that this is not just another episode. It is my 100th episode. First things first, an apology because I know there's no way in hell anyone wants to listen to me this much. <sighs> Secondly, uh, a question. Am I Okay. I have not even had this podcast one year and I'm already almost at like a two year weekly output of episodes. (laughs) Third, are y'all okay? (laughs) Why has nobody said, Kara, you're putting out way too many episodes. Is everything okay at home? Why are you like this? what's happening okay granted the pandemic has a good bit to do with this so i will give myself a little bit of grace but fourth thank you guys so much for listening i'm not even going to say thank me for speaking this time because i'm a little bit embarrassed (laughs) but thank you guys so much for sticking around thank you for listening to my opinions I won't even say enjoying them but at least hearing me out I will thank you for that um fifth would be just a request I am almost at 300 ratings on Apple Podcasts I really don't like saying this because it feels like a podcaster trope of being like hey ratings help me get recognized on iTunes and that's a really great way for me to get noticed organically but the truth of the matter is that it's actually true and what better way for you to help me at least justify the fact that I put out so much content is by at least getting noticed in Apple Podcasts in an organic way and having people um 
see me, see my podcast and think, oh, maybe this is something that I should be checking out. So if you have not given me a five-star review yet, it would be really nice if you could, or if you did, and I'm thanking you guys in advance. With that, I just feel like a gift from the universe to myself, to the early listeners of everyone's business but mine, is an update on the incredible, the mysterious, ubiquitous, Natalia Grace. Now, I think it was my third episode I did with Troy McKeady, all about the mystery behind the Natalia Grace Barnett story. So if you guys have not listened to that, I would highly suggest it. Um, Like I said, I did it with Troy from Dunzo Podcast, an incredible podcast, a great friend in the podcasting world, and an incredible podcaster in his own right. It was such a fun episode to do. Um, wow, it, this story, I'll just give you guys a little bit of cliff notes, international breaking news of a child slash woman, question mark, who had been abandoned, question mark, based on the fact that the people that adopted her figured that something wasn't really right here, and that maybe... Natalia was not the child that she made herself out to be and was actually a grown-ass woman who had periods and a full bush. Yes, these were things that were alleged in court. They are a family from India. Indiana. (laughs) Family from Indiana. They adopted Natalia in an emergency um, situation in Florida took her back up to their home they're a family who has like a son whose intelligence is off the charts so they were really revered as like a you know really great nurturing family they things are happening and again I highly suggest that you check out the episode that I did to gets into all the details of what exactly happened in the home that led the family to put up Natalia in her own apartment and say, listen, bitch, we're done with you. Bye-bye. Um, uh, so people noticed this seemingly young looking girl alone in an apartment and charges were filed against the Barnett's for abandoning a minor and abandoning a person with a medical need. Natalia um, has dwarfism, uh, along with a host of other medical issues. She's not wheelchair bound, but she does use a wheelchair for accessibility, mobility, um, but she can walk. Um, so, uh, they've had charges filed against them, eight charges. And things have been, like, held up in court, trying to figure out what's happening. There were court issues where they were doing bone density tests about Natalia, trying to figure out what her approximate age could be. There was a court that um, determined that she was a woman in her 20s when she was alleging to be, like, 10 or 11. So, the court decided to adhere to the judgment that stated that she was actually an adult. And so all the charges filed against them 
with respect to abandoning a minor have been dropped with both parents, both Barnett's. Um, so those were six files that were dropped of the eight and they still have two child, two charges pending against them for abandoning a person with a medical need, a medical, you know, dependent. <clears throat> so, wow. Shocking, shocking news. This came out on September 2nd. I am, wow. This is, I mean, obviously Natalia has been publicly speaking on Dr. Phil saying that this is not true, that she is a minor, that she's claiming now to be, I think, 16 or 17. Um, this is really incredible, truly incredible that they had had those vials chart, those charges dropped. Shocking, shocking y'all. Okay, let's move on to the rest of the episode. Jancy almost ruined our show. She's had too much to drink. Oh to my drink. God! You're going to give a toast to Tinsley Mortimer, who left no. the show and breached her contract and exactly. left ever nothing? I, I agree. Won't. If you're not here, you don't get kudos. And you don't mention her name. No. Say Viva la diva. Viva la diva. Viva la diva. Here's to the diva deep in you. Viva la diva. Viva la diva, viva la diva, let's give some diva attitude. Alright y'all, let's talk about Real Housewives of New York finale. Ugh, didn't we almost have it all? And here we are, already at the end. I'm gonna say, I'm sad about it. Y'all, I was on an episode, the last episode of Come Through Queen podcast with Dan and Brendan. It was incredible. So much fun. So I would highly recommend y'all check that out. Um, they asked me what my opinion was on this season of Real Housewives of New York. And I think that this is going to be a season that we're going to look back on and actually be pretty grateful for. I don't think Roni has a bad season in them. I think we can all look back and say it had gems, it had unforgettable moments, it had hilarious moments, it had heartbreaking moments, and we lost a diva in Dorinda. So how would that already not be a landmark season? And boy, did Dorinda go out with a bang. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the crux of the episode is Sonia Morgan is having a drag queen bingo to raise funds for GLAAD, and the L she refers to the LGBT community. Um, she and her assistant are going over RSVPs for the drag queen bingo, and Sonia is in her rarest, finest form this whole episode. She's like, you know you're coming, bitch. Just say yes. Why do we have to go through this? The inability to RSVP to an invitation is a running theme throughout the episode, and I'm grateful for it. During the FaceTime, Sonia, she had just fig uh, finalized, not finalized, but she just uh, got out of surgery for her wrist injury, but she will be coming to the Drag Queen Bingo. Leo's bot, Leah. Leah is boxing with Martin, and, you know, he's giving her a little bit of advice. You know, heroes are made, not born, so let's make a hero. How do you make a hero? You get Italian bread, you cut it. Okay, thank you, Martin. Um, Luann is over at Quad Studios to drop another track. 
Shout out to Lisa Joy, who informed me that Quad Studios was the studio that Tupac got shot in. If you remember the incredibly famous picture of him in on a stretcher, middle finger up, that is where he got shot. The first time, not, you know, not the second time. Um, so crazy to be in 2019 and Lou is at the same studio for attempted murder of pop music as a genre. Wow. Two moments that will go down in history. She is meeting with Desmond Child, who is, looks like a mix between like Mario Batali and Scott Storch. He's got like a braid ponytail and an undercut, I believe is what you call it, where like, you just got the top hair going, but the rest of it is all shaved around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's making a lot of fashion choices. We'll just say that. Uh, he has written Living La Vida Loca, Living on a Prayer. He is part of the Barber team, which uh, Luann has to inform her assistant that Barbara is Barbara Streisand, lest she think that he was referring to Barbara Walters or Barbara Bush. <laughs> Incredible women in pop, <laughs> pop music. Um, they... They start with the intro. Gosh, and I just really love, I feel like we don't get them enough of the women in the booth, in the stew, if you will, uh, making beats, as Nini would say. And she starts with the intro, you know, you can't have a classic Countess Luann track without, like, the intro to the song, right? Um, Money Can't Buy You Class the same thing i he she finishes it and he calls it a hoot <laughs> and he tells her to be like a little bit more sultry in the you know throwback money can't buy you class line she goes Ugh. 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 you know money can't buy you class <laughs> viva la diva Viva la diva. <laughs> Amazing. And honestly, like, low-key, this shit is a bop. Every Luann track is a bop in its own right. And, like, I stand by that. That's my truth. That's my opinion. They all have something to them. Money can't buy you class. Incredible, like, piano beat incredible chorus she's she's good for a chorus you know like a, like a gaga if you will Giovanni I thought honestly feeling Giovanni couldn't be topped for me because there's nothing that I love more and this is real than like bringing back a saxophone <laughs> this is true I really love a saxophone and here we go with like a 70s style like I can imagine myself with like really long share hair and a sparkly onesie jumpsuit and, and platform shoes and probably like just came back from the bathroom at Studio 54 after like railing some coke and getting, you know, uh, bent over by some gentleman without a condom, you know, like a free love era you know it makes me feel just free and sexy and the diva 
came out. The diva jumped out, if you will. Oh my gosh. Um, Dorinda is going back to her old apartment that has now been gutted. So I was wondering how on earth she could be able to drop a $10,000 a month price on an apartment on 87th Street. But it's like, what, a two or three bedroom? And now it's being completely completely redone so maybe that's why she could ask for that price i mean now with what we're dealing with it's probably about fifteen hundred dollars i'm just kidding but um yeah she goes there with uh ladies of london adoptee luke you remember luke from being um caroline stanberry's friend assistant hairstylist makeup artist over there in london and now he's crossed the pond to take care of dorinda I don't know what he does for her. I guess he does does her makeup. I want to be... Like, Luke is the Derek Blasberg of the Bravo universe, right? I How do I get these jobs where, like, nobody really knows what I do, but somehow I manage to be around all of these fabulous people, and I make a lot of money, and, like, just I just want to have a job where, like, nobody knows where the checks are coming from. And I'm always just, like, free to do things. And I'm always on a yacht. And I'm always just, like, palling around with, like, older supermodels. Like, how do I get to be... How do I get to the Met Ball with no credentials whatsoever? That's what... Like, if anybody can point me in the direction of one of those... Like, how do you do it? I need to know. Anyway, they're going around the old apartment. She, you know, is still in a sling from her surgery. And she gets up on the window and leans up on the window. And Luke is like, please, love, can you please just put you back on the, on the wind, on the wall, please. (laughs) She's like, would you die if I, if I went through this wall? He's like, uh, no, you would die. And then I would have to live with it. So please, um, they are just talking about, you know, very prophetic. Dorinda thinks 2020 is really going to be her year. She's thinking about, like, getting back into the dating scene and really reclaiming her life. A new season of medley. Ugh. Very quickly, they end up leaving the apartment. And we all know her late husband, Richard, likes to leave her um, little signs whether it be a red balloon or just a coin lying around. And she notices that there is a coin with no face on it in the apartment on the floor. And wow, if that wasn't, I mean, she made a joke about how like, that's weird. What do you think that means? Like a faceless coin. Usually he leaves me coins where I can find them. And what do you think that means? And like, wow. Dorinda, maybe you should have, no pun intended, given us the heads up on that. Because now we all know what that means. We're living in a faceless coin of a year. If only we had known. Mm. Back to Sonia. She is also redoing the townhouse. And Ramona comes over to check out the, you know, the new stuff. (laughs) They have a roll of new carpet that's going to be going on the stairs. Ramona decides to take a strip from the street, 
they're like, wow, is this what you're doing? It's so great. I love it. I love it. it holds it against the wall. That it looks so great. It's like, it's white. It's white carpet. Um, you know, they're talking about how they're both like LL living life, letting go of their old places, their old family homes and moving into new places. Sonia is also, no, Ramona rather has also moved, you know, three to four floors up from her old apartment and they're just starting over. Ramona tries to relate to Sonia by saying, I understand why you'd want to let this go. Why it's such a burden on you because this was your family home and it's your pride and joy. And Sonia says, I really didn't think about it like that. I've now just kind of been like, this is a place where Quincy, my daughter can come back from boarding school and she brings her girlfriends and they all sleep over and but I had a talk with Quincy and she's totally fine with me letting this place go and I just need a place with a four-poster bed and a big tub and a garden and that's what I'm gonna look for she has recently put the townhouse back up on the market I think she was trying to get like nine or ten million for it girl I don't know it's you know, quite far. I mean, first of all, it's posted up next to a garage, parking garage, which I guess could be a good or bad thing. Secondly, it's not as close to the park as you would think, you know, and it's still like, it definitely looks better, but it still has, she's still got that like old money kind of vibe to her. And I, mm, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's going to get what she thinks. I would honestly, as a member of the Oppenheim Group, New York, I would put it at maybe like a seven million dollar townhouse. Maybe she can get seven five, but I don't know, Sonia. They go through the house again, the downstairs. There are random interns everywhere. Two in the kitchen. Ramona gets her eyes on a rug that Sonia has put in the dining room, and she's like, "Oh my god, I love this rug! Can I?" get it? Should I get it for my bedroom? Do you mind if I copy you? And she's also wearing like a, like an animal, like a leopard print shirt. And she, they decided to do a photo shoot of her on the coordinating carpet. <laughs> the interns are like totally confused and horrified is why this woman in her sixties would be laying on the ground like a Mariah Carey video and trying to take sexy pictures of her on the rug in a dining room but you know what one of them yells seductive from the kitchen and that gave me everything I needed so then we're going to Luann's not a cabaret show but like a cabaret kind of dress rehearsal get people in there test show see what the audience thinks kind of thing Leah decides to go with Sarah her sister and a friend of theirs Sonia shows up and Ramona did not RSVP. The only way anybody found out that she wasn't going to be going was because she told Leah that she was not going. Surprisingly, she actually reached out to Leah to tell her that she wasn't coming. Obviously, Dorinda didn't come. She's still recovering from her wrist surgery. Totally fine. Luann is really not happy with the fact that Ramona didn't show up. She says something that actually made me kind of sad. She said, you know, I know Ramona's really about supporting other women, but one of those, those women does not include me. She's not here for me. And listen, 
anybody want to go to a cabaret show 75 times in four years? No. Certainly not Ramona, who could be, you know, getting dick somewhere at a bar on 65th Street. But alas. Leah's loving it. She thinks it's great. Sonia comes up and does her little bit. You know, we're doing a revamped cabaret show inviting the very new concept of Mary Fuck Kill. And I thought Sonia was honestly spot on. She's like, I do impromptu shit. I don't have to rehearse. I just get up there and I'm Sonia Rita, star of Caberlesque. And she was absolutely right. So Luann's doing these jokes of that we've all heard, even if you've never been to the cabaret show, which I have not, I feel like I've heard all of these jokes on her cabaret scenes over the years. Oh, do you guys remember that I'm married? Do you remember how messy my divorce was? Do you guys remember that I ran, I fell into a bush when we were on vacation one time? Things are going to be great for me this year. I'm not going to get married. Harry Dubin ever heard of him? Tired. And Sonia was right. This is a completely tired show <laughs> that she needs to find new jokes. She's managed to find a tambourine. I'm. We didn't really get like a full introduction into the tambourine, but I am curious to see how that works into the show. I'm not going to be paying to find out, of course. <laughs> you think I'm going to be paying at any point? Like, I'll meet you in 2025 when you're selling three-for-one tickets on Groupon, sis. Like, let's be real. But... They do Mary Fuck Kill with Ramona, Tinsley, and Dorinda. Zonia says, well, obviously I'm going to kill Ramona. Like, there's no doubt about that. Tinsley is unfuckable, but maybe I'll marry her after the first divorce. No, wait, she'll be on her second after Scott. Yeah, she'll probably have some money, coupon money coming in for there. So, yeah, I guess I'll marry Tinsley and I'll fuck Dorinda. I think she might be a sleeper hit. You never know. And you know what? I think she has points. Points were made on that. I think Dorinda might be a sleeper hit too. We don't, I don't think we give her enough credit because, I mean, what what is John really working with? You know, she's she's been banging a a coked up dry cleaner for seven years now. But I think she's gonna be rising like rising like a phoenix out of the ashes. I think honestly. Dorinda might be able to find love before Ramona can. And that's my truth. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. 
specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. And I think she's going to find somebody that, like, Ramona would really like to be with, but for some reason couldn't get. She's going to find a guy, in my mind, she's going to find a guy who's, like, not from New York, but is willing to be there for her. Maybe he'll be from California. Maybe he'll even be European. I see that for her. So, like, mark mark these words down. Maybe two years from now, we're going to see Dorinda with, like, a nice-looking older gentleman who she can really have, like, a nice life with. I see that for her. I really do. Anyway, um, we get this wild spawn con for the Mind Body app because Sonia says she wants to get her life and her body back together and she wants to look like Leah and look like Luann. And Leah's like... Oh, that's so great. You know, I really don't love to do the same workouts every week. I found this app called MindBody. And you can go go any day and look and see what classes are available. Would you like to do a class with me? After the drag show? Bingo? Wow, that would be great. Um, so... They... Yeah. Crazy, crazy spawn con. So after this, it's time for Drag Queen Bingo. All the stars are out. Sahorny Beaver, Gisela Moore. Is this the same venue that Ramona had her, like, everyone goes to Ramona's living room party at? Where all her girlfriends were forced to donate $100 to give her a purse? Is that the one? It seemed like the same space. And now that it seems like they've had several parties in this venue, and I need to know what it is. Anyway, uh, they all come to the party and Luann says, Sonia isn't really that great at accounting, but you know what? She can throw a hell of a party. She's a great hostess. And it seems like a good, a good time. It seems like her, what, Wednesday gay parties that she throws at the townhouse, but like on an elevated holiday 
Christmassy level. Ramona shows up. Now this is a drag queen bingo, celebrating glad, giving money, like bring your favorite drag queen, bring a gay man. And of course, Ramona allegedly told Sonia, I'm not doing this drag queen bingo shit and brings Frank and Ron, this man that we've been subjected to, this like wall of a man who looks like the guy from the Minions movie. I don't know what that is. I, you guys, I don't watch Disney movies. I'm sorry. That's just my truth. But he looks like that guy. I think he's voiced by Steve Carell. He looks like him. Um, she brings like the straightest, weirdest dude. It, it's not even that Ramona loves her like straight energy. Like she's straight. I get it. I'm a victim of being straight too. I'm a victim of heterosexuality. I love, well, I have men around me because I have to, okay? Do I love them? Mm, debatable. <laughs> but I understand the desire to occasionally be around male energy. But to bring a straight man and like a creepy straight man who's going to hit on all your friends to a drag queen bingo is a real choice. You're, he's not even your boyfriend, she made it very clear. They haven't even kissed. It's completely platonic. It's weird. It's getting weird. She's like horrified at the fact that there aren't any straight men. And secondly, can we get into how Ramona has just discovered these like deep scoop neck shirts? She's now worn them in the last episode and this episode. The kinds that you have to wear titty tape with. This like deep V. Like... Didn't we stop wearing those in, like, 2008? <laughs> she she must have gotten this from Avery's closet. Avery left it over from college. <sighs> Ramona. Ramona. So, anyway, Sonia is clearly very annoyed that she would bring a straight guy. She's like, read the invite, bitch. Hello. She says, bring a, bring a drag queen. <laughs> um... Ron reminds Sonia that they had actually made out at Boutique six years ago. And Sonia's like, yeah, that sounds about right. Luann used to tell me all the time that I would just randomly make out with people. And I didn't believe her, but now I guess I'm forced to. Because you're corroborating the story. (sighs) Ramona and Lou get into it about business advice. And what is proper etiquette or proper... um, I I don't know, like, how to properly write an invitation. This is... Excuse me. This is all stemming from Ramona claiming to not see that she had to RSVP to Luann's cabaret thing. So... (laughs) She's saying, why didn't you open the attachment? I don't have time to open an attachment. Ramona... Wouldn't, wouldn't you, wouldn't that suggest that there would be more information provided and you don't just write, come to, why would she even tell you about her cabaret show if she didn't want you to come? It, stupid lies. Stupid lies. Like, why, why would she tell you if she, if that wasn't also an invitation? And if there's an attachment, that would probably suggest that there's more information for you to read. <laughs> 
I can't say Norilla. And I just like, I'm irked. I'm irked that we are stuck with her and that we, Dorinda has one bad season. She gets the boot. And yet we're stuck with Ramona forever. So. (sighs) Ron tries to flirt with Leah, which like. Hello fucking L. If he can't even get Ramona, what makes him think that he is going to bag a bad bitch like Leah? Are you the audacity, the audacity of man. He is such a creep. He is such a creep. He's like the complete trademark creepy old man who thinks he can hit on younger women and he thinks that all his lines are working and he thinks he just like I'm gonna bang this chick this 38 year old chick when I'm a good hard hard 50 late 50s early 60s sir you could never in your life (laughs) so anyway we find out that he actually flirted or made out with a friend of hers we get a flashback to the halloween party that dorinda had in which she confronted him about how he had made out with a friend of hers the night before and then had texted her for like an afternoon delight situation at two o'clock in the afternoon saying that he would gonna he was gonna fuck the life out of her Ugh. oh yuck yuck Leah asks like Ramona are you guys dating like what's your deal since you clearly made out with my friend and he's like no we're not dating we're not doing anything he thinks that she's trying to give get the green light to hook up with him (sighs) okay um he's like you're in your prime right now and it's time to shine what Ew. Get the mace. Right in your right in your eyes, sir. At one point he even creeped up behind her and she screamed. <laughs> I hope you guys all saw that. They're doing bingo. Dorinda is having the time of her life. G sixty five. Yes. Yes. Oh seventy three. Yes. We're we're three in. You can't have possibly gotten bingo, Dorinda. You couldn't have possibly. We're only three, three numbers in. <laughs> so Ramona, for some reason, gets so excited. They put, have to put, it's not like the bingo cards where you stamp with a marker. It's the one that you place like colored discs on. So if you mess up the board, you don't know which, you know, which numbers you did. Ramona comes up and just like, oh, 69, 69. I love that number. And she just like totally pushes Dorinda's card over Everybody's livid. Like, why would you do that? Ramona's like, oh, sorry. I just love the number 69. I just like the way it looks. It's like graphically pretty. <sighs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Luann, we end up the episode thinking everything's going to be great. Luann gets her performance of Viva La Diva. She's so happy that people are knowing that words to the song a song that only has about 12 words in it and she's like they know my they know the lyrics they know my the words to my song like she's so grateful 
like I said, everything seems to be going well. The women get their end of season, like, where are they now cards. And they do, they're going to be doing a toast, typical housewives toast at the end of the episode. Sonia says, you know, we're not sex in the city and we're not ad fab. We're fucking us. And honestly, that was like a really profound statement from you, Sonia Morgan. Um, so then everything is fine. And until Leah says, I'm so grateful to you guys for, um, inviting me into your group. You know, Tinsley was the one who introduced me to you guys and Dorinda loses her shit. She says, I'm not going to do it. She almost ruined her show. Fuck you for even bringing Tinsley up. She breached her contract. She can go fuck herself. She left us and she's a bitch. (laughs) Okay. I don't want that bitch's name mentioned. Okay. Triggered. Can we say triggered? Ramona walks out. She's so upset. Dorinda ends up leaving in her turban and in her sling. We're left at the end of the episode with... Lou Ann and Leah just talking about like how awful she is. (laughs) Lou Ann, ever the one who's willing to center it back on herself, she goes from, I can't believe that she hates Tinsley so much that it's completely unacceptable that Dorinda would talk about Tinsley like that. And how dare she? I was performing my song. She didn't even come to my cabaret. She's so rude. (laughs) Okay, Lou. And that's really the end of the episode. Wow, she went out with a bang. Dorinda. I really hate to see her go out like that. I really, really do. Like, I loved in the finale of the OC when um, we see Vicky at the reunion just, like, breaking the fourth wall, screaming at production, screaming at Steve Lodge. Ugh. But... Wow. I just really see, I hate to see her go out like that. And a little birdie turp told me that, um, perhaps part of the reason why Dorinda decided to leave slash production decided to let her go was because of her behavior at the reunion. I'm not looking forward to that. We all know Tinsley's going to be there and they'll be confronting each other about why Dorinda's so triggered. I don't, I'm, I'm burying my teeth. I really don't want to see it. Uh, but we salute you, Dorinda Medley. Adios. And that's the end of The Real Housewives of New York. Eddie, you say you want friends that can be direct and honest, but when Sutton called you boring, you cried and ran away. So was Sutton too honest for you? Two things before I get into the recap of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Part 1 Reunion. One, very exciting news for me personally. If y'all didn't know, um, the queen of my heart and my life, Tiffany, New York Pollard, just announced that she was going to be dropping her new show. It was a, um, a web series, but now it has gone to like full order. She's going to be doing a show called Brunch with Tiffany. It'll be dropping Monday at 10:30 on VH1. It is going to be her doing you know, going to brunch with different celebrities. Everybody from uh Sonia Morgan, 
Trixie Mattel of Drag Race, various people. I'm so very excited to watch this show. I think it's going to be so funny. I think, you know, Tiffany Pollard is the blueprint. And we all need to recognize that. And the sooner that we do, we'll all be better for it. Okay? So I will definitely be watching another thing that I'm going to be watching, you guys. (laughs) Something that I never thought that I would say. I'm excited about the new season of Dancing with the Stars season 29 it has taken me it has taken them 29 seasons to get this right and they have done it wow have you guys heard i don't know if you guys follow me on instagram at everyone's business with mine i would suggest you do so i talk about a lot of things that are that i don't end up talking about on the podcast but it was just announced that one carol baskin killed her husband Wacknam is going to be starring on season 29 as well as just like a motley crew of people and I don't mean anybody who's actually a motley crew because that would be you know it wouldn't be too far off but we're gonna be having Nelly not Nelly Furtado Nelly the rapper um we're gonna be having Chriselle from Selling Sunset uh there will be Monica Coach Monica from Cheer. I'm so excited. <laughs> AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys. Sky Jackson. Oh my God. Neve. Neve from Catfish. Jesse Metcalf from Desperate Housewives. And John Tucker Must Die. I. Jeannie Mai from The Real. You guys. My heart is a flutter. This is going to be a hot mess. <laughs> I cannot wait. They really did this thing. They did it right. Loading it up with Netflix stars. The You know, the ugly one for Backstreet Boys. That's all I ever wanted. That's all I ever wanted. And I got it. This was a gift. Another gift for our 100th episode. Another gift to me. You can hear the excitement in my voice, can't you? I'm genuinely looking forward to this. <laughs> Where am I? Where am I in my life that this is going to be one of the things that really makes my fall? I'm so very excited. <sighs> Unfortunate news. Tamron Hall just announced the few guest stars for her first week back on the Tamron Hall show, her talk show. Saucy. Saucy. You know what? I hate to see a black woman go out like this, and I'm just going to say that. I think it's incredibly irresponsible for her to have somebody like Saucy on her talk show, give her a platform. This is a daytime show. Maybe if she did like a nighttime, like a 2020 or something, maybe I could see her asking a more hard hitting question. I don't watch the Tamron Hall show, so I don't really know what she's giving us in terms of like having people be accountable and really holding their feet to the fire. I feel like when it comes to daytime, you're really looking for like fluff, light, letting people use their platform to rehab their image. And if anything, you know, she's going to be out there. This is her first time on television to be fired from a show for insensitive and racist comments and actions that you made toward one of the few black people that were on the show and then to have been interviewed by a black woman about this. I don't like it. I don't. Sorry, Tamron. I don't like it. I think it's whack. 
I don't like it. I don't. And that's my truth. <sighs> All right, y'all. Let's get on to... Oh, yeah, Lala's pregnant. Let's get on to The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Season 1. No, Part 1 Reunion <laughs> Special. I... You know, I don't know. Boring? Boring. Oh, one more thing before we get into this. Something that is going to be more exciting. One Victoria Deliceps, who is described as... Let me see how she described. The daughter of Count Alexander Deliceps and cabaret star Luann Deliceps is the artist provocateur du jour. What a write-up. What a write-up. This is basically all about her as an artist and how she's a basically like a New York it girl. And she is the daughter of a, you know, a count and a long history, a lineage of the Deliceps family. It starts... The name on everyone's lips is Victoria Deliceps. And only 25 years of age, Victoria, daughter of Count Alexander Deliceps and cabaret star Luann Deliceps, is solidifying her reputation as the artist provocateur currently beguiling the social set. An old soul and disarmingly authentic, Victoria unabashedly identifies as a free spirit. My mother's Native American and I get my untamable nature from her. The canvas is like a mirror, and it captures that part of my being. Victoria says from her studio in the Hamptons, America. A large part of my artistic nature comes from my father and his side of the family, the Deliceps family. She reveals as we discuss her many creative influences. An expressionist painting done by my father in his 20s enamored me as a child. It conveyed a side of my father that has inspired me ever since. With the Delisub's household being part of French aristocracy, Victoria is the heir to an extensive creative lineage. With descendants including the devoted patroness of the arts and last empress of the French, Eugenie uh, de Montijo, I guess. <laughs> Several Delisub's family members were accomplished watercolor and landscape painters, she knows with pride. And Ferdinand Delisub's was globally creative in his development of the Suez Canal. She is part of an empire, a French empire, if you will. With her untamable spirit from <laughs> her mother's Native American side. I don't know why that's so funny. It should, probably shouldn't be funny to me. It, it's funny because, you know, for all intents and purposes, Luann seems to identify as a pretty white woman. I mean, she has mentioned her father being, uh, you know, of a Native American heritage and background. But, you know, Luann presents as pretty white, don't I think? I don't, it, that's neither here nor there. Um, the write-up goes on to just be, like, more fluff of her ass. Do I actually think that, uh, that, uh, Victoria is a good, good artist? I kind of do. Like, I kind of fuck... There's a painting, a red painting. Like I said, this is in Tatler Magazine online. There is a painting that she has debuted exclusively for the article that is red. It looks like red people and very thick, um, oil painting. Kind of dope. I don't know, but just a very pretentious write-up of her being like this woman about town in Manhattan and she's just a free spirit and I don't know, she probably doesn't shave her pussy or something and look at this artist, you know, the descendant of all these French aristocratic people, Victoria Deliceps. Great. Okay. Let's move on to Beverly Hills. Y'all, this is boring. 
they again producers are trolling us by being like thursday or whatever day it said i couldn't even be bothered to write it down the women are in tech rehearsal for the for the reunion making sure all the cameras are set up in their homes and the lighting's correct and they're all seeing each other and they're all able to see each other on screens and they're able to hear each other here comes mauricio a wild mauricio appears <laughs> probably high out of his mind um you know hair disheveled a Mauricio that we've never seen before. This is like the most like, you know, Matthew McConaughey level of Mauricio that we've ever seen. Mauricio McConaughey jumped out. Then we get on to, you know, the girls coming. It was before we even start. It felt like 30 minutes of previews of them doing the tech rehearsal and of here's what's going to come up. And I just don't remember this being such a thing. Before they, like, right before they start the reunion. It's like, giving away all the spoilers before you see the movie. And then it's like, what's the point of watching the movie, you know? I'm gonna sneeze, hold on. So, it looks like we're gonna be starting with, from the least senior, the newest, freshest women, to, you know, moving on to the most senior women. We start off with Queen Garcelle. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Uh, you know, her package was really kind of her going in on Kyle, shading her, talking about how, like, you know, Kyle doesn't really have the range. Does anybody disagree? Probably, but you know what? Not everybody can have taste and good opinions. Kyle says that she was hurt by what Garcelle said on Watch What Happens Live, which was this game that she played with Andy. The question being, who is the least welcoming to you? Who's the most welcoming and who is the least welcoming? She said, I think she said Erica was the most welcoming and she almost said Sutton and then she changed her answer to Kyle. Kyle said like, oh, you know, I, I got like a little lump in my throat watching that and mm, whatever. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> then they get into the whole like running theme of the season, which was Kyle interrupting people. We get a clip package of her interrupting half of the cast, Garcelle, Dorit, I think Denise at one point, maybe even, not Teddy, never Teddy, unfortunately. We always get to hear everything Teddy's got to say, don't we? Un- unfiltered. Teddy Joe Mellencamp. Um, then, you know, Dorit says she agrees that she does, Kyle does interrupt people. And Kyle decides to, you know, she apologizes to Garcelle for um, interrupting. But you know what? I just feel like you haven't really gotten to know me and we really have this great, you know, interactions with each other. And I even played her under your skirt. And so I just feels like really, you know, doesn't feel very genuine that you would say these things about me. And speaking of not being genuine, um, you put up your paddle at my at my benefit to pledge $5,000 and I never got that check girl ma'am not a great look Garcelle visibly very annoyed says don't even go there girl don't do it I'm not the one I am not the one Kyle and Lisa Rinna for some reason have been talking about this on the internet, going on Instagram, 
Lisa posted a couple Instagram stories that said, I too donated $5,000 to at children LA at, at Kyle Richards 18th party. And they took my credit card right on the spot. What an amazing hospital it is. So happy to support. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> I'm sick of her. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Kyle's assistant, Kyle Richards, also retweeted a tweet from her assistant, Ashley Armstrong, saying... Basically, there have been conversations of like, you know, typically when you, Garcelle, okay, Garcelle went on before the reunion, went on Instagram, posted a video saying, here's what really happened. No, I did not pay it immediately. However, it just fell through the cracks. I had every intention of paying. I thought it was paid. When I found out it wasn't paid, I paid it immediately don't you ever part your thin little lips to say that I would just like, you know, why would you ever insinuate that like I was like faking the funk and like, you know, talking big shit about donating to a children's hospital and then not doing it. So Ashley, you know, there was back and forth conversation about like, you know, not everybody, you know, when these things happen, typically the host is not in charge of the donations. Usually that's not something that they have to worry about. A lot of the times when you donate large amounts of money, these things are happened after the fact, after the night of, between business managers and, you know, whoever's handling that sort of thing. So why would Kyle even know about that? It seems a little bit fishy that she would have been told. So her assistant said, basically says, um, Kyle wasn't one in the trenches in charge of collecting that money. Her team handles that. This is in response to basically everybody being like, why did months after filming the scene, why did Kyle only mention it at the reunion? Pretty shicey, right? Ashley says, because she wasn't in the trenches in charge of collecting the money. Like I said, her team handles that. CHLA directly attempted multiple times to follow up and she claims that she has receipts. Okay. Um, I just think it's shitty. I think it's really unfair to be like, to just mention it at the reunion. If she didn't do it, why don't you discreetly bring that up to her? 
why wouldn't the chair say like, hey, we didn't get this donation. Maybe you could reach out to Garcelle or what would be the great channel to do that? Or, you know, I just find it hard to believe that Garcelle really wouldn't pay the money that she pledged to a children's hospital. I find that really hard to believe and I find it shitty that Kyle would mention it at the reunion. And that's just how I feel. Um, so back to, God, this is so boring. (laughs) Andy does, okay, the thing that was interesting is that they talk about, you know, Garcelle being the first black woman on the show and how it felt. Garcelle said, you know, she was really excited to do it, but she kind of had the feeling that people would want her to go on and be like the strong black woman to go in on people and be like sassy and, you know, flipping your neck and pointing your finger, wagging your finger at people. And she just wasn't trying to do that. That's not who she is. And she didn't want to go on and be like the strong black woman because it's very difficult for, you know, strong in reference to black woman is a really loaded term. Um, maybe it's for all women, but mostly for black women who, you know, we're expected to not have nuance and not allowed to be soft and have, you know, be sensitive or anything like that. So then Andy says, Garcelle, you went on Wendy Williams and you said that you felt like the girls might be tiptoeing around you and playing it safe because they didn't want to, um, you know, have black social media go in on them and call them racist or anything like that. What did you mean by that? Garcelle's like, exactly what I said. (laughs) What do you mean? What? And I understand that he has to ask these questions, but it's like, uh, it seems very clear, abundantly clear what she said. Um, you know, she said that she did feel like some of the girls were playing it safe, tiptoeing around. I don't know what to tell you, Andrew. That's, I said what I said. (laughs) I said what I said. Um, Kyle says, you know, I, I didn't feel that way. I felt like, you know, if I was ever had an issue with Garcelle, I would say that immediately. I would never have even thought about that. Kyle's like an I don't see color chick, isn't she? I'm positive she said that before. Even though, you know, her children are, all of her children are only half white. I'm sure she's an I, I don't see color ass bitch. And you know what? Come for me. That's my truth. <laughs> um, So then... I don't know what even happened like that. Like they talk about black lives matter and Garcelle, how do you address this to your sons? You know, how do you have these conversations? And, you know, she said that she's had those conversations with them since they were three. And there was one point recently when she was in the car with one of her sons and she got pulled over and she's like, actually, I'm really grateful for that because he could, literally see how I reacted and acted in that space, keeping my hands on the wheel when I was moving to get my wallet, communicating that I was going to get my wallet, being respectful, this, that, and the third. And, you know, it's strange to me that I have friends who happen to be white who would say like, wow, is this something that you have to deal with? And she's like, people don't care about my resume. (laughs) This is something that every black person has to deal with. And and Kyle, I think, said some things about how, and Erica as well, about, you know, it's just a shame that black people have to deal with this. And 
Andy asks Erica about how she feels with the whole situation, given that her son is in, I believe, the LAPD. He's a cop. We'll say that. And she said, you know, it's it's tough. She said, I believe my son to be one of the good people, but there are institutional and cultural things that happen within the academy and the police force. And those are things that absolutely need to be changed because they are unfair to black people. And then I thought it was very interesting that she mentioned, or maybe Garcelle mentioned, I actually reached out to you, Erica, to ask you how your son was doing. And Erica made a point to say, yeah, you were the first one to ask me about my son. Check that. I thought that was very, very interesting. Um, next we have Sutton who like, listen, I'm a little bit lightheaded right now because I haven't eaten, but do I like Sutton? Because I feel like in the beginning I was not for her at all, but then watching it back, I'm like, she had some moments. She was kind of doing it. I thought it was so funny (laughs) about her going in on Teddy. And that's something that I've stood for the whole time. Um, I did think it was like, could be construed as kind of gross that, you know, at at the dinner where all the women were supposed to say, how did you feel about me initially? And how do you feel about me now? And all the girls were being nicey, nicey. And Sutton's like, oh my God, I I can't believe you're like, (laughs) these people are being like, oh, I was afraid of you because you were so pretty. And now I'd like you because you're pretty. (laughs) And her just like going into Teddy and being like, I thought you were boring. And you're pregnant. God help us. (laughs) Andy asks a hilarious question. He says, Teddy, you said you like friends who are direct and honest, but when Sutton called you boring, you cried and ran away. So was Sutton too honest for you? (laughs) Not even giving nuance to the fact that, like, did you feel like Sutton was being mean? Do you feel like what Sutton said was untrue? No. (laughs) Did you feel like Sutton was too honest? (laughs) catch that tea did we catch it um teddy says you know the only reason the thing that made me cry was that i was her mentioning like oh god help us you're pregnant she's like i felt really grateful to have this baby we know that um teddy had lost the child before having her daughter so fair point fair play to say you know i am very grateful to be pregnant so i just thought it was a little bit harsh that you would like roll your eyes and Sutton I'm kind of with Sutton like I probably would say this to my friends but like you have to be comfortable enough in your friendship group to be like oh my god you're pregnant again like please girl come on <laughs> you know I, I I could see both sides and I will give Teddy one half of a clap for standing up for herself in that in that because she did have a point um that was really it uh, and then <laughs> Then Teddy said, I just feel like you saw me in my cute little black romper and you made your decision about me that you didn't like me. Um, And Sutton said, you know, are you really going to let my small disdain for your fashion choices get in the way of our friendship? (laughs) Iconic. (laughs) Then we get to Denise. And listen, y'all. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I am a Denise apologist. I don't care. But she is making it so hard. And she keeps making it harder and harder, harder and harder, harder than Aaron's big dick. Probably I uh, we're rooting for you. 
please help us girl denise is such a bad liar (laughs) and it's hard to respect she comes completely unprepared nothing that anybody threw at her was something that she should have like if you're gonna lie girl lie well and if you're gonna stand up for yourself like she just is flitting through this reunion like I don't ever know what people are talking about. I don't know. I, uh, uh, lying. Just like boldly lying. You are Denise fucking Richards. You don't let Lisa Rinna bowl you over. Don't let Lisa Rinna make a whole song about how you're gaslighting Erica. Don't let Lisa Rinna call you a liar. That's about the worst thing you can let somebody do. Ugh. I, I really felt for her. What was really worth mentioning? The, you know, the whole conversation about what is proper and what is not proper and how Denise sets a tone and then she moves the goalpost and and she's talking about Aaron's big dick all last season and this season. And yet they had this dinner over at her home with the girls and all of a sudden it's like improper conversation. She's getting mad at people. Erica, I think, made a fine point of being like, you know what? You kind of came for me. You kind of singled me out. And we went to coffee and I apologize. And I was just going to take that on the chin. But then I find out that you went behind my back after I apologized to you to talk to Sutton and Teddy about my behavior. And I was just like, fuck this. Like, not doing it. Fair. Fair. I, I can't disagree with that. Then there was a tweet that happened, I guess, in response to Erica, something Erica tweeted, somebody, you know, a fan tweeted something about like, oh, Lisa Renna needs to be fired and called her racist. And then, and then responded to something about Erica and, and Denise and Denise liked the tweet. Denise was like, oh, I didn't see what she was saying, even though like the first three words were fire at Lisa Renna. She said that she only saw the last half of that tweet, which had to do with her. I do not believe that. She liked the tweet. Lisa claims that Bravo had to call Denise and tell her to unlike the tweet. I would have liked to see what the actual tweet was because they blurred it and they kind of like, you know, they like zoomed in on pertinent parts that they were talking about. So we didn't really get to see a clear view of the whole tweet, but I would like to see what who was calling Lisa Rinna racist and in what context I just felt like Denise really could have come with a lot more uh, armor and a lot more flair and she flopped and it's hard. I really like you and I want to like you and I loved her season one. I thought she was so authentically herself and I think people do have a point when they say, Did you see yourself in season one and think that, like, maybe you should change? Because I feel like she shouldn't have. And it does feel like she tried to come in season two really cleaning things up. And it didn't go well. It didn't go well at all. It was lazy preparation. But when it comes to the Brandy stuff, and I'm sure we'll talk about that later, as it comes up in the reunion, still Team Denise. Still Team Denise on that one. So, all right, y'all. Let's move on to no am I done I think I'm done yeah I'm done love after lockup had a two-hour finale so I'm gonna recap that later in the week it was just too much 
I, I can't, you know, four hours of television is too much to recap in one episode. So I'll get to that later in the week. You guys, thank you again so much for sticking with me, listening to this dirtbag of a human being <laughs> share her opinions. I am truly so grateful. Um, you guys have been mostly, mostly very kind. <laughs> Some of you, not so much, but we're not talking about you bitches, talking about the other bitches that I love and love me back. Thank you so much for the support. And I will probably be back with another, another hundred episodes in about three and a half weeks. So stay tuned for that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I love you. I really do.